Greetings, friends. It's so good to have you with us. This is the One Year Bible Tour Guide Podcast, and it is a new day. It is a new month. Don't you love the word new? We talked yesterday about the one who makes all things new and the new creation realities that we experience if anyone is in Christ. We read about the symbolic number eight yesterday for the new creation and for the first day of the new week, the resurrection day. And here we are in the eighth month. And so we say welcome and we trust that this podcast will spur the renewal of your mind as we give our attention to God's word. My name is David McAdam, pastor and Bible teacher at New Life Community Church in Concord, Massachusetts, and it is a joy to be part of this international Bible reading community made possible by this daily podcast. We hope it is a blessing to you. We are reading in the Old Testament book of Second Chronicles and the New Testament book of Romans today. In the Old Testament, King Hezekiah, the king of the southern kingdom of Judea, has purified the temple, and today we will read how he reinstates the celebration of the Passover. It reminds us how important it is for us to keep our lives rooted in the reality of redemption by giving attention to the gospel, the great work that Christ has accomplished for us as our Passover lamb. 2 Chronicles chapter 30 is where we begin our Bible reading journey today in the Old Testament, and we will read two full chapters today. I will be reading from the ESV, the English Standard Version. Are you ready? Here we go. Second Chronicles chapter 30, the Passover celebrated. Hezekiah sent to all Israel and Judah and wrote letters also to Ephraim and Manasseh that they should come to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem to keep the Passover to the Lord, the God of Israel. For the king and his princes and all the assembly in Jerusalem had taken counsel to keep the Passover in the second month, for they could not keep it at that time because the priests had not consecrated themselves in sufficient number nor had the people assembled in Jerusalem, and the plan seemed right to the king and all the assembly. So they decreed to make a proclamation throughout all Israel, from Beersheba to Dan, that the people should come and keep the Passover to the Lord, the God of Israel, at Jerusalem, for they had not kept it as often as prescribed. So couriers went throughout all Israel and Judah with letters from the king and his princes, as the king had commanded, saying, O people of Israel, return to the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, that he may turn again to the remnant of you who have escaped from the hand of the kings of Assyria. Do not be like your fathers and your brothers, who were faithless to the Lord God of their fathers, so that he made them a desolation, as you see. Do not now be stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourselves to the Lord and come to his sanctuary, which he has consecrated forever, and serve the Lord your God, that his fierce anger may turn away from you. For if you return to the Lord, your brothers and your children will find compassion with their captors and return to this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful and will not turn away his face from you if you return to him. So the couriers went from city to city throughout the country of Ephraim and Manasseh and as far as Zebulun. But they laughed them to scorn and mocked them. However, some men of Asher, of Manasseh, and of Zebulun humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. The hand of God was also on Judah to give them one heart to do what the king and the princes commanded by the word of the Lord. And many people came together in Jerusalem to keep the feast of unleavened bread in the second month a very great assembly. They set to work and removed the altars that were in Jerusalem and all the altars for burning incense they took away and threw into the brook Kidron. 
and they slaughtered the Passover lamb on the fourteenth day of the second month. And the priests and the Levites were ashamed, so that they consecrated themselves and brought burnt offerings into the house of the Lord. They took their accustomed posts according to the law of Moses, the man of God. The priests threw the blood that they received from the hand of the Levites, for there were many in the assembly who had not consecrated themselves. Therefore the Levites had to slaughter the Passover lamb for everyone who was not clean, to consecrate it to the Lord. For a majority of the people, many of them from Ephraim, Manasseh, Issachar, and Zebulun, had not cleansed themselves, yet they ate the Passover otherwise than as prescribed. For Hezekiah had prayed for them, saying, May the good Lord pardon everyone who sets his heart to seek God, the Lord, the God of his fathers, even though not according to the sanctuary's rules of cleanness. And the Lord heard Hezekiah and healed the people. And the people of Israel who were present at Jerusalem kept the feast of unleavened bread seven days with great gladness. And the Levites and the priests praised the Lord day by day, singing with all their might to the Lord. And Hezekiah spoke encouragingly to all the Levites who showed good skill in the service of the Lord. So they ate the food of the festival for seven days, sacrificing peace offerings and giving thanks to the Lord, the God of their fathers. Then the whole assembly agreed together to keep the feast for another seven days. So they kept it for another seven days with gladness. For Hezekiah king of Judah gave the assembly one thousand bulls and seven thousand sheep for offerings, and the princes gave the assembly one thousand bulls and ten thousand sheep. And the priests consecrated themselves in great numbers. The whole assembly of Judah, and the priests and the Levites, and the whole assembly that came out of Israel, and the sojourners who came out of the land of Israel, and the sojourners who lived in Judah, rejoiced. So there was great joy in Jerusalem. For since the time of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, there had been nothing like this in Jerusalem. Then the priests and the Levites arose and blessed the people, and their voice was heard, and their prayer came to his holy habitation in heaven. Chapter 31 Hezekiah Organizes the Priests Now when all this was finished, all Israel who were present went out to the cities of Judah and broke in pieces the pillars, and cut down the Asherim, and broke down the high places, and the altars throughout all Judah and Benjamin, and in Ephraim and Manasseh, until they had destroyed them all. Then all the people of Israel returned to their cities, every man to his possession. And Hezekiah appointed the divisions of the priests and of the Levites, division by division, each according to his service, the priests and the Levites, for burnt offerings and peace offerings, to minister in the gates of the camp of the Lord, and to give thanks and praise. The contribution of the king from his own possessions was for the burnt offerings, the burnt offerings of morning and evening, and the burnt offerings for the Sabbaths, the new moons, and the appointed feasts, as it is written in the law of the Lord. And he commanded the people who lived in Jerusalem to give the portion due to the priests and the Levites, that they might give themselves to the law of the Lord. As soon as the command was spread abroad, the people of Israel gave in abundance the firstfruits of grain, wine, oil, honey, and of all the produce of the field. And they brought in abundantly the tithe of everything. And the people of Israel and Judah, who lived in the cities of Judah, also brought in the tithe of cattle and sheep, and the tithe of the dedicated things that had been dedicated to the Lord their God, and laid them in heaps. In the third month they began to pile up the heaps, and finished them in the seventh month. 
When Hezekiah and the priests came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. And Hezekiah questioned the priests and the Levites about the heaps. Azariah, the chief priest, who was of the house of Zadok, answered him, Since they began to bring the contributions into the house of the Lord, we have eaten and had enough and have plenty left, for the Lord has blessed his people so that we have this large amount left. Then Hezekiah commanded them to prepare chambers in the house of the Lord, and they prepared them. And they faithfully brought in the contributions, the tithes, and the dedicated things. The chief officer in charge of them was Conaniah the Levite, with Jimai his brother as second, while Jehiel, Azaziah, Nahath, Asahel, Jeremoth, Josabad, Eliel, Ismachiah, Mahath, and Benaiah were overseers assisting Conaniah and Shimei his brother. By the appointment of Hezekiah the king, and Azariah the chief officer of the house of God, and Kor the son of Imna the Levite, keeper of the east gate, was over the freewill offerings to God, to apportion the contribution reserved for the Lord and the most holy offerings. Eden, Miniamin, Jeshua, Shemaiah, Amariah, and Shechaniah were faithfully assisting him in the cities of the priests to distribute the portions to their brothers, old and young alike, by divisions, except those enrolled by genealogy, males from three years old and upward, all who entered the house of the Lord as the duty of each day required, for their service according to their offices, by their divisions. The enrollment of the priests was according to their fathers' houses, that of the Levites from twenty years old and upward was according to their offices by their divisions. They were enrolled with all their little children, their wives, their sons, and their daughters, the whole assembly, for they were faithful in keeping themselves holy. And for the sons of Aaron, the priests, who were in the fields of common land belonging to their cities, there were men in the several cities who were designated by name to distribute portions to every male among the priests and to every one among the Levites who was enrolled. Thus Hezekiah did throughout all Judah, and he did what was good and right and faithful before the Lord his God. And every work that he undertook in the service of the house of God and in accordance with the law and the commandments, seeking his God, he did with all his heart and prospered. And this is the end of our reading from today's Old Testament portion from the book of Second Chronicles. Now let's take a few moments to recap and reflect upon what we have just read. Hezekiah's reign began with real repentance and a renewed commitment to pleasing the Lord. After opening the temple doors, he purged the temple of defiling debris and restored worship to the lives of God's people. He wanted to bring the people back to the basic understanding of their identity, their heritage, and purpose. They owed their existence to what was indisputably divine intervention. God provided their deliverance from slavery and the sentence of death according to His promise in the Passover lamb. Yet for many years the Passover had been forgotten. The feasts were no longer celebrated. Hezekiah pushed for the reinstatement of the Passover feast. Although there were not enough consecrated priests to celebrate it at the time appointed in the law of Moses, Hezekiah inquired of the Lord and sensed that God's mercy would let them postpone it one month. He sent out invitations to all the tribes via couriers. Yet the people of Ephraim, Manasseh, and some of the Zebulun mocked, scorned, and ridiculed the invitation. 
This shows how detached the people were from the history of their redemption. Some from Asher, Manasseh, and Zebulun humbled themselves and went to Jerusalem. Others proudly resisted. He also asked the Lord to pardon those who had not been able to consecrate themselves in time for the feast. The Lord heard Hezekiah's prayers and honored Hezekiah's efforts to reinstate the Feast of Passover. The identity, unity, and fellowship of God's people must be grounded in the reality of redemption, the truth of the Passover lamb. We must recognize our sin and the reality that sin has incurred the wrath of God and deserves the punishment of death. We must appeal to God's mercy shown to us in the Passover lamb, prophetically pointing to Jesus Christ as the perfect atoning substitutionary sacrifice on the cross. It is vital that we remember what is provided for us in the cross of Christ. This is why Jesus calls us to remember his death every time we take the cup and break bread. We have this redemption history in common. He died in our place. We died in him and he now lives in us. Through faith in him, we become partakers of the one life that came out of that empty tomb. In our church life, we need to be continually reminded of this. We need to consistently humble ourselves before the cross and realize that we owe our all to what Jesus accomplished on our behalf as our Passover lamb in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. The fellowship of the church, the shared life of the members, is a byproduct of the cross. So there was great joy in Jerusalem because there was nothing like this in Jerusalem since the days of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. 2 Chronicles chapter 30, verse 26. The reinstatement of the Passover led to a spiritual revival. Pagan altars and high places were demolished. Once again, Hezekiah led by example. He contributed from his own possessions the morning and evening burnt offerings in 2 Chronicles chapter 31, verse 3. Then he encourages the people to bring a tithe of everything. There was a three-month period of special giving in chapter 31, verses 4 through 8. Hezekiah ordered that storerooms be prepared to receive more offerings. The chronicler gives this summary of Hezekiah's life. Thus Hezekiah did throughout all Judah, and he did what was good, right, and true before the Lord his God. Every work which he began in the service of the house of God, in law and in commandment, seeking his God, he did with all his heart and prospered. Second Chronicles chapter 31, verses 20 and 21. Hezekiah's obedience to bring his people back to a recognition of who they were as the redeemed people of God reminds me of when in July of 1961, Vince Lombardi, the famous football coach, met with 38 members of the Green Bay Packers. The previous season had ended with a humiliating defeat when they lost the NFL championship to the Philadelphia Eagles. He began a tradition of starting the season from scratch. He began his speech to the team each season with the most elemental principle. Gentlemen, he said, holding the pigskin in his hand, this is a football. His methodical coverage of the basics began every subsequent training season. King Hezekiah knew that he needed to get the nation back to appreciating their roots in the sovereign saving acts of their God in the Passover. What about you? Let us hold up the finished work of redemption that Jesus accomplished on the cross, his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, and say, Gentlemen, this is Christianity. Now let's go to the New Testament passage for today in the book of Romans, chapter 15, verses 1 through 22. Romans 15, verse 1. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak 
and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you, for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs, and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with His people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol Him. And again Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another. But on some points I have written to you very boldly, by way of reminder, because of the grace given me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In Christ Jesus, then, I have reason to be proud of my work for God, for I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Illyricum I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ, and thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation, but as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. This is the reason why I have so often been hindered from coming to you. And this is the end of our New Testament portion of today's reading. We are reminded that love compels us to live for the benefit of others. Paul makes a plea for selfless concern among the believers, appealing to the example of Christ, who pleased not himself. Verse 4 reminds us of the benefit of studying the Old Testament. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. Romans 15.4 The following benediction focuses us on the hope of the gospel. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 15, verse 13 Our hope comes from believing the gospel. It is a hope that is birthed in us by the Holy Spirit. Paul gives us a snapshot of how a healthy church behaves. A healthy church draws from that one life that came out of the tomb. The one spirit is the spirit of unity that knits our hearts together in love. So that with one accord you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Romans chapter 15, verse 6. As we have mentioned before, this letter is a pastoral one, and Paul appeals that both Jews and Gentiles properly appreciate and accept one another as members of this one body of which Christ is the head. Paul shares his pioneer church-planting ambition in Romans chapter 15, verse 20, And thus I aspired to preach the gospel, not where Christ was already named, so that I would not build on another man's foundation. Now let's move on to the Bible's songbook and prayer book, the book of Psalms. We're in Psalm 25 today. Reading Psalm 25 will be Peter Healy. The Psalm of David 25 To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exalt over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your namesake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Who is the man who fears the Lord? Him will he instruct in the way that he should choose. His soul shall abide in well-being, and his offspring shall inherit the land. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. Thank you, Peter. Psalm 25 has been put to song in many different ways. This is a great psalm to pray out loud. It's a good public prayer and a good private prayer, exemplifying the essentials of our relationship with Him. We will conclude our Bible tour today by going to the final stop. Our destination is the book of Proverbs. We're reading Proverbs chapter 20, verses 13 through 15 today. Love not sleep, lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes, and you will have plenty of bread. Bad, bad, says the buyer. But when he goes away, then he boasts. There is gold in abundance of costly stones, but the lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. These are three helpful proverbs. The Lord gives his beloved sleep in Psalm 127, verse 2, but too much of a good thing could cause laziness. How many of these proverbs have we read that call us to be diligent and to be awake to opportunities for productive work that will lead to prosperity? Proverbs chapter 20, verse 14, humorously calls out the deceitfulness of people when they barter for bargains, they complain to the seller about what a bad deal they're getting, and then go away bragging about what a great deal they got. It calls us to be honest and not deceitful in our business dealings. 
Verse 15 is about the value of knowledgeable speech. To speak knowledgeably about something is of more precious value than gold or jewels. Now let's take what we have gleaned from today's reading before the Lord in prayer. Lord, we ask that you center our lives at the cross. Cause us to remember your great love and sacrifice displayed at Calvary, where you offered yourself as our Passover lamb. Our identity, our destiny, and our purpose are found there. Our unity is found there. We are reduced to the common denominator. All that we have to boast in is that which comes out of that death, the resurrection life of Christ. And it is this life that we share with our brothers and sisters. Help us to edify them, to love them, and serve them with your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this concludes our journey today on the first day of August as we read through the Bible. And God willing, we'll be with you tomorrow. If you would like to know more about New Life Community Church and its ministries and how you can be a support to our outreach, you can go to our website, newlife.org, and there you can freely subscribe to a daily commentary on the day's reading. And if you would like to get in contact with us, you can write us at podcast at newlife.org. So until next time, may I give you the benediction we read in our New Testament reading today. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope in the power of the Holy Spirit. Shalom. Shalom.